about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. James chapter 1, are you there? Yeah. Look at verse 22, very familiar. But, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. How many have ever heard this scripture before? Now it tells you that you just can't be a hearer of the word. It doesn't matter how many places you go to or how much word you hear. If you hear it and do not put it into effect in your life, it will not affect your life. You'll have a lot of knowledge. You'll be able to give that knowledge to somebody else. But you have to do what you hear to do. Are you listening this morning? Now notice what he emphasizes here. He doesn't emphasize tithing. He doesn't emphasize any of those things which are good. How many know those are good? But notice he talks about a person who's a Christian born again in the kingdom of God and looks at himself in the mirror and sees what he looks like and then he leaves and forgets what he looked like when he looked at himself in the mirror. Well, if you study the word of God, the Bible is referred to as a spiritual mirror for you. So as you look in this book and you see who you are in the mirror, are you following me? Whatever it says about you in the mirror, and then people leave the mirror, they don't act like what they saw in the mirror because they forget what they looked like in the mirror because they go back to thinking about what they look like now instead of when they looked in the mirror. Are you listening? Yeah. So basically, what, what we do here is even when I teach you, it's great, you know, hey, that was a great sermon. Pastor, that was good. That was good. But if you can't remember what I teached a week later or two weeks later, it means you did not study to show yourself approved. You heard to try to show yourself approved. Because what I give you is a life-changing thing that takes more than 30 minutes. It is a meditation on your part to change you into a place to operate better in a relationship with God and with people around you. Are you following me? So we're not here just to give you a sermon and hallelujah, it's great, or it's terrible, or I liked it, or I didn't. I could care less. What I give you comes out of my heart, comes from God, and it's what's already helped me. See, I've got something there. So what you hear, if you go back in the Word, and it's there, and a lot of times the words we're giving every day line up with the Word that I'm giving now. Sometimes it just happens. It lets you go back over those words. Those daily words are something you don't, just don't need to brush through. They're telling you and changing you into what God wants you to be, which is in His image and likeness. But that doesn't happen because you've heard everything different for 40 years. Now you heard one time that you're righteous, and you get all excited on Sunday, then you act like the devil on Monday. And you start to believe you're the devil. So you act like the devil until I preach righteousness again, which may be 2026. Come on, are you following me? So when I got in the Word and I started studying it, and I listened to Christian Harfus, I listened to these preachers, and they put something that hit me, I stayed there. I didn't have to ask where to go in the Bible, I stayed there. I didn't have to ask what I was going to read the next day, I stayed there. Why? Because meditation equals success. The more you meditate on the Word of God, the more it becomes real to you, and you're actually going to start seeing yourself different than when you look in the natural mirror. Amen. Are you listening? Yeah. And that's what we want to do. He wants to make the change, and that changes in the image and how you think and, and see yourself and look at yourself and, and your surroundings around you to change. All right, go back. Uh, this is going to be amazing. But go to Ezekiel 36. <laughs> All right. 
And what I really like about the Old Testament more than anything is that people actually in the Old Testament knew more about things that happened in the New Testament than people who were standing there in the New Testament. You know, you can look at the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, the disciples are there, and they're fleeing in every direction, and the women are crying. But if you go back to Ezekiel, or go back to Isaiah, he's going to tell you exactly what was happening at the cross. He bore your sicknesses, carried your diseases. With his stripes, you're healed. He took peace for you and all this stuff. So he could see more through the spirit in the prophetic than people who were standing there in the natural could actually see. So sometimes when you find something in here that speaks to you of something that happened in the New Testament, it'll help explain to you what exactly was taking place. Are you following me? Some of you look confused already, praise God. But nobody yawned yet, so we're all right, praise God. All right, Ezekiel 36. Look at verse 4. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries, and I will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols, and I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Where am I? 36.24, I'm sorry. What did I say, 2012? Just start all over, honey? Okay, I've got a sweetheart. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry, are you there? Okay, for I will take you from among the heathens and gather you out of all countries, and I will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments, and you shall do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your what? All right, now this is an Old Testament prophet with insight into what happened to you the day you entered the kingdom of God. Amen. It's when you got born again and came into the kingdom of God. It has a lot more. Look at the first verse, 24. For I will take you out from among the heathens. Say the heathens. Amen. How many know there's two types of people in the world today? Two. Heathens and not heathens. Born again, not born again. In the kingdom, out of the kingdom. I don't care what your hair color you is, who you are. You are either born again into the kingdom of God and you're a kingdom citizen or you're not. Doesn't matter what church you go to, doesn't matter what you do or don't do, it matters if, if you have been born again. If you've been born again, you've entered the kingdom of God. So how many, how many did he take out from among the heathen that are here? All of you, aren't you? You all happen to be a heathen at one time, praise God. And bless God, I was a good one. Glory to God. All right, after that, verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. The word water here is basically a symbol for, for the word of God. How many of you, once you came into the kingdom of God, started getting in the word of God? How many of you know that it started cleansing you and washing you? The Bible says you will be clean by the washing of the water of the word of God. So what happens? I get in the word of God, and it starts cleansing me, starts changing me. It took you away from all your idols. How many of you had idols before then? Man, everything was your idol back then. It didn't make any difference. Alcohol, drugs, whatever. You had all these idols out here. What well, it started clean you from those things that you were locked into. Look at the next verse. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Here's a new heart. What's it talking about? It's talking about when you got born again, you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things had, and all things became 
No. Now notice, you're a spirit being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in your body. So when you got born again, basically, who you are, which is a spirit being, on that day, who you were, died. Died. How many know died means dead? Most of the church don't know that. Died. He died. And, and once again, you were put back and restored back into the image and likeness of Genesis chapter 1 of God himself. That day, that happened. So here it says it took out your stony heart and it gave you a new heart. Notice, you weren't remodeled. You weren't washed. You weren't renewed. You died. Say, I died. All right, look at verse 4, or the next verse. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and you shall keep my judgments. Then all at once you had a still small voice in you that started talking to you. See, the Spirit of God came on the inside of you, and he started leading you, and he started guiding you, and he started showing you things to do. Some people call it your conscience, but you had a voice on the inside, and it was starting to tell you things not to do. So for a while, you may not have liked that voice. But when the word lined up with the voice, you were in trouble because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So what was it doing? The Holy Spirit was on the inside of you. He was leading you. He was guiding you. He was getting you to walk in the ways of the kingdom of God. So it came to a point one day where you had to make a decision. Am I going to obey the spirit in the kingdom of God or am I going to obey my feelings, my emotions, my lusts, my desires, people, religion, or am I going to obey the spirit of God himself from the inside? How many know the two most of the time were opposite? So you had to make a decision. So here's the Spirit of God. When I got born again, I got in the Word of God, started cleaning me up. The Holy Ghost started to go to work in my life. And then notice verse 27, or verse 28, and you shall dwell in the land that I gave my fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. So now he became your God. How many are glad you have a God now? Praise God. So here comes the Spirit of God. He comes on the inside of you. The Word of God's going to work on the inside of you. You don't really know. I didn't know what was going on when I got saved. I just got in the Word of God, and things started changing on the inside of me, and I started hearing this voice leading and guiding me and putting scriptures together and all this, and I didn't really know what was taking place. But pretty soon I came to a place where I didn't obey God because I had to. I obeyed God because I desired and wanted to. And that's where the stretch takes place. That's the difference between religion and kingdom. Kingdom people want to serve God, want to please God, want to bless God. Religious people just want to do whatever they have to do to get by. If I go to church, God will be happy with me. That should be good for a week, and everything will be fine. And I was there one time. I knew that was about. I was in religion. But it's not that. Pretty soon you get to do a desire where you want, to, you, you want God's will more than your own. Oh. Talk about a dagger. Yeah. All at once, I want, I, my prayers went to, I, I want to know what you want, God. I want to know what your will is not. Give me, give me, give me, Jimmy. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Give me this and give me that and give me a house and give me a boat and give me a car and give me this and give me that and give me that. My give me prayers went by the wayside because I knew if I sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things would be. See? Now, you heard this morning some great testimonies. You heard that we're in abundance. We're in bumper right now. We're in all this stuff. And how many know that's a good thing? But if you're going to seek first the kingdom of God, you ain't you know, bumper. You're going to get on your car. You understand there's kingdom law involved in this stuff. You have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you're going to have bumper. Don't start seeking the bumper. See, once you get part of the bumper, you want the whole bumper, but you still got to seek God until the bumper comes in. I mean, it's easy to switch. I always said it's tough to be poor and it's tough to be rich. Because both times there's an opportunity there for you to start seeking the wrong thing, praise God. All right, so here it talks about the new birth. What happened to you now in relationship with God himself? So when I got born again, all these things happened right then, that day. December 21st, 1985, 8.20 in the evening. When I got born again, all this stuff changed. And how many of you know I didn't know any of it? I just know I felt better. I knew uh, uh, there was a 
goosebump on me. I knew that God loved me finally. I knew all this stuff, but I didn't know any of this stuff, yet these people in the Old Testament already knew that. Go to Romans chapter 2. All right, Romans chapter 2, are you there? This will not be a very familiar verse. Verse 28, For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but praise is of who? So here's talking about circumcision. How many know about circumcision? It's talking about a circumcision that took place on the inside of you, in your heart. Something happened in your spirit, and the word circumcision means to cut away or separate completely. So the day that I got born again and felt different all around, it's because I became a new creature, and the old creature was totally separated from me that time, just like a circumcision in the Old Testament. What did they do in the Old Testament? Men got a circumcision, didn't they? And what did they do? They cut off the foreskin, basically, and they took it off. That was circumcision. They cut it off, and they threw it away. Notice, nobody in the Old Testament got circumcised and carried the foreskin around with them. I'm circumcised. Right here it is. No, but everybody wants to get born again and carry this old man around with them all the time thinking that I'm still the old man. I'm dying to myself. I'm doing my best. I'm trying to do this. No, no, no. It was cut away once and for all in your life. That old person you keep claiming and living is because you keep claiming and living. He's already dead and gone, praise God. And I'll tell you, your authority works better on something dead than something you're trying to kill. That's why a lot of people's authority don't work. You're trying to use it to kill something. No, it's already dead. You're using it to keep it away from you because it's already dead. So just like people say, oh, nobody carry their foreskin around. I'd like to say, well, you are. You've been a Christian for 20 years, you're still carrying it around. I'm so angry. I'm so sick. I'm so down and out. Nothing ever goes right for me. We just don't ever have any money. Nothing ever happened. That's the way I always was. Well, the way you always was died. My God, the day it died, and it cut it away from you. Now, how did it cut away? The Word of God is alive, and it is. Then any two, that Word of God that you heard just cut that old stuff off of you and got rid of it and made you a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things had passed away and all things had become new. Now notice, there's no Jew that got circumcised that claimed to be a half Jew, half, half Gentile. They didn't do it. What do you call an uncircumcised Jew? Woman. Come on. Jeez. Is that too deep? Jeez. Oh. I swear. You should have had coffee house this morning. You guys aren't thinking very good. Yeah, woman. Praise God. But notice, they weren't claiming to be half Jew, half not Jew. They weren't trying to die to their foreskin. They weren't trying to die to this. No, they knew at that time that they were separated. Now notice, if you ran into somebody in the Old Testament, you did not know whether they were circumcised or not because you could not see where they were circumcised. You knew by their lifestyle because they now had a covenant with God and they were prospering and they were living in peace and joy because of this covenant. You can't know if somebody got born again either you should, and I repeat, you should be able to tell by their lifestyle whether they've been circumcised in the spirit or not. Because you can't tell by how way people act, because I've ran into a lot of people who aren't even born again, act a lot better than some people I ran into who were born again. Can you say amen? Yeah, yeah. You can't tell by that, praise God. So when you get born again on the inside, there's this, it just totally changes. You can't live in sin anymore and do it 
you can't do bad things anymore. The guilt rises up in you and everything. The Spirit of God's convicting you all the time. That's because it's not the old you. It's the you, praise God. So what I got to do? I got to be conformed not to this world, but to God and his kingdom of God so that I can walk in line with my spirit and with my soul and with my body, live healthy and live in the kingdom of God, basically, and make the change in my life. It's called renewing of your mind that you have to do. That has to be renewed. But you cannot do it if you are trying to change yourself You've got to understand that Jesus paid the price for you to be changed. If I can change myself, then I can take the credit for it. Pastor Tom, you're just so wonderful. I know. I fasted and I prayed and I did everything. I just struggled to get here, praise God. But no, no, no. If the blood wasn't enough, you ain't got enough. See, Jesus provided it all. It was already provided there. But we don't want to receive it. We want to do it. We want to tell everybody what a great job we're doing and how we got there and everything. You got there simply by beginning born again. And at that time, your old man got killed finally. And you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank God the old thing. The angry man left. The alcoholic died that day. Praise God. I was so glad I didn't have to fight him for 25 years and get deliverance 42,642 times and still drink. But that's what's going on out there. They're, they're going over it and over it and over it and over it. Find out who you are. It, it depends on your identity. And right now, there's an identity crisis in the world and in the church. See, the only reason why people got to have a check on their tennis shoes is because they don't have an identity and need someone else's. Come on, I'm telling you truth this morning. You may not like it. The only reason why you got to have your designer purse is because you don't have an identity yet, and you got to take the identity of the designer purse. All right, well, we better close. That's it for today. That's it for the day. We're leaving. I'm telling you the truth. If I have an identity, I don't care if you put a check on my shoes or not. I got a better identity in that stupid check on that and stupid purse over here and that stupid thing over here. I'm a child of the living God, for God's sakes. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I don't know what the guy who does that check's doing. Come on now. So you're, if you don't know your identity, you are going to identify with something other than you and try to be somebody. Every little boy wants to be like LeBron James. Don't be like you. Every young preacher gets in, and I was there one time. I wanted to be like the, the preacher I saw on fire and full of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to be Christian Harfoost. I'm going to be Rodney. You ugly thing, you. You're a bunch of ugly things, you. That's what you are. I want to be like everybody. But one day I had to figure out I had to be like me. And I had to be what you see is what you get. And if you don't like what you get, then you probably won't see it much because you'll leave. But that's, that's the way it is. Come on, are you listening to me? I don't have to be identified by anybody else. I know who I am. God showed me who I am. And I don't have to be anybody else to make somebody else happy about me. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. So check on a shoe, not check on a shoe. If it fits, I don't care what it's got on as long as it fits and makes me jump a lot higher. Praise God. That's all I care about. Praise God. That's all that matters. All right, go to Galatians chapter 6. All right, Galatians chapter 6, look at verse 12. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I am crucified unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, 
nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. So here basically it tells you, you can preach, you got to do better. You can preach, you can do better. Uh, if you do this, it'll be better for you. You can preach the seven steps to righteousness. You can preach you're only human and, and you're going to make mistakes. You can preach all this stuff, but you've got to preach according to the cross because that's where your deliverance and everything came was at the cross, not by your works trying to do something about the cross, praise God. So what's he talking about here? He's talking about, I tell you, religion gets you in failure every single time. That's what religion is, it's failure. If you're in religion, you're going to end up in failure. Here he's talking about being a kingdom citizen. So as a kingdom citizen, I'm going to view and look at everything according to the cross. The Bible says we preach the cross and it benefits them that are saved. Now, they must have miswrote that, because I was taught you preach the cross for them who are not saved, and they'll become But Paul said, you preach the cross, and it benefits them that are saved. Why? Because you can know Jesus died, but you may not have any idea why Jesus died. You may know, you may celebrate it, you may go to Good Friday all day long, you may do that stuff, but if you didn't know why he died to provide you with what, what's the purpose? See, and that's the problem once again. Nobody knows what's going on in the church. So you preach the cross. So what is the cross? The cross says, at the cross, I was made righteous. So I'm going to meditate on that. I'm going to see that. I'm going to see myself as righteous. I'm going to see myself as someone who doesn't get angry anymore and scream and holler. I'm going to see someone who doesn't cuss anymore. I'm going to see myself because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who I am, praise God. And it came to a point where every time I started to get into a place that was unrighteousness, that righteousness rose up in me and stopped me from making the mistake. Come on. I tell you, start backsliding, you'll start cussing. Oh, now it's going to get quiet, ain't it? Yeah, when you're on fire and you're a guy, everything comes out of your mouth good, but you start getting away from the Bible a little bit and everything, and all once the stuff starts coming out of your mouth again. Why? Because you trained yourself for 30 years before you got saved to do that, and it's still there's some residue in there. See, it'll start coming out of the inside of you. So here it says, you, when, you, when you deal in, in the cross, and just the cross and not religion, basically, people say, well, I've prayed and I prayed and I prayed. How many know you're glorying in your prayers? I went to church and I went to church and I went to church. I fasted and I fasted. You're just glorying in your fasting. Why not glory in the cross? Where the blood of Jesus has set you free of every single thing that's in your life. You can go to church your whole life and go to hell. Do you know that? Or you can never go to church and still go to heaven. It depends if you are born again. Here he says, what, what's the difference? Verse 15, for in Christ Jesus, it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not circumcised or uncircumcised or recircumcised or totally circumcised, but it matters if you are a new what? A new creature. So what matters? Am I a new creature in Christ Jesus? And basically that old man was killed and circumcised from me and gone, and now I'm going to agree with where I'm at right now and what the Bible tells me. So I'm looking at the mirror. What does the mirror say? The mirror never says you're a loser. Ephesians 1, thou says you are an angry man and you always scream and holler at your wife when she doesn't. The word of God says slap everybody who disagrees with you. I suffer from rejection all the time. I am one totally rejected person and I'm going to live that way the rest of my life. And God understands and he doesn't care. That no, no, no. The rejected man died. The alcoholic died. The angry man died. The rejected man died. The introverted. Amen. I set a record for introversion in the test. They had, a, they had a new test, and I broke the record, I think, for the being most introverted people you ever saw in your life. Well, you're never going to preach because you can't get in front of people. Well, they lied. Amen. That wasn't God. That was a devil lie, praise God, to keep you introverted, to keep you doing from what God had called you to do. So I had to go to the Word, and I had to see that that's not who I was. The Bible says that I never worry, so I never worry. 
Why don't you ever worry? Because I never worry. How come you don't worry? I'm not a worrier. I don't worry. Warriors worry. Fearful people get fearful. Depressed people get depressed. I'm not going to get depressed. I don't feel like getting depressed. I don't like getting depressed. I've tried it. I tried it and put alcohol on it and double depressed me. But I didn't remember anything. See? So what's he trying to tell us here? He's telling what makes a difference? A new creation. And look, if that happens in verse 16, you will walk according to this rule. Peace will be on you and mercy upon you. Hallelujah. So that tells me two things. I'm going to walk in peace all the time, and I'm going to have mercy on others because I simply don't know who they are. If they did, they wouldn't be struggling with who they don't know they are. And now i got a chance to set them free from who they're trying to be because they don't have to try anymore because Jesus already provided it on the cross of Calvary. Praise God. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The problem is the, the gospel's too easy. Much too easy. Just too easy to believe you were instantly changed by God and the blood and the power just instantly changed you as a spiritual being. And everybody started that way. How many know we were made in the image and likeness of Christ? The Bible says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let him give him dominion on the earth. And notice, you were made in his image. Say his image. His image. Say it again, his image. His image. Now notice, can we digress just a little bit? You don't put the image on any product until it's done. You don't put GE on a wash machine until you made the wash machine, saw the wash machine work, and then put GE on it, and then put it out. Are you following me? So when we were made in the image, say image, image. you were not, not perfected at that time. Man was already perfected at that time, and God put his image on you because everything you ever needed to do what he needed you to do was already put in you and tested that you could do it or he never put his image on you. But the problem is some of us don't believe that, so he's got to do a recall. <laughs> Come on, am I right? So he's doing recalls on people. Hey, man, uh, here, you need an adjustment here a little bit here, a little bit kink over here, maybe a screw in here. Who knows what you need, praise God. But you need something someplace because you need it. So basically, whatever you're called to do, you have everything you need to do it. It's already on the inside of you. You don't have to pray for it. You just got to meditate on the word and manifest what's on the inside of you. The ability to preach, the ability to understand the word, the knowledge is in you, the wisdom is in you. God is in you, praise God. So everything you need, everybody's, hell, I need to go to a meeting to get something. You don't need to get something. You need to wake up. Wake up. Will that stuff bring it out? Good. And how many know we need to be brought out of the inside? We got other people to do it. We got people who will speak to us, prophesy to us stuff to bring people out of the inside of you. Because chances are when somebody prophesies to you about something, they're already arguing about that something before they got to you. I understand. You're in a battle between this and this and this and this. And somebody comes along and jumps on board with this, and then you can receive it. But don't go to people who jump on board with this. Because then you're going to need deliverance. Because you're going to believe it. They've been, they've been in the word longer than you. They've been around longer than you. What they say is probably gospel. And a lot of times people are trying to be prophets, not prophets. A lot of people are trying to have a word, not have a word. For a while there were people coming to me. This was a couple years ago from a church. Not even going to mention the name or where it's at. But they were coming to me because they were all mixed up. Because every time they went to the church, they got 32 words when they walked in. Just walk in the door. I've got a word for you. I've got a word for you. I've got a word. But by the time we left, I, I, I didn't even know who I was or where I was or what I was supposed to do or what I wasn't supposed to do. Everybody had a word for me. I don't know which one was God, which was of the devil. And I said, just, just tell them you don't need a word today. Amen. Hi. No, thank you. I don't need a word from you today. I got yours last week. Thank you very much. Hold on to that for a while. Yeah. See, and, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to condemn this because people 
do get words from God, and everybody desires to get a word from God. So I'm not putting it down, but I'm going to warn you. If you're giving somebody a word from God, it better be a word from God. Don't misspeak for God. See? A lot of times when I have a word, I won't say it's from God. I'll just spit it out there. Why? I'm covered then. If it was me and it didn't click or anything else. Well, come on now. I'm not going to say it's God. I believe it was God, but I'm not going. And the Lord just says the Lord. And then they find out it wasn't of me. Then who gets the rap? Me and God. See? So I may just give him a word. Hey, love your wife as Christ loves the church. Oh, that's really deep and good. Well, no, it ain't deep and good. It's in the Bible and it's just the Holy Ghost. But I don't announce it. Are you following me? It makes me nervous somebody that every, every, every time they talk, it's from the Holy I hear the Holy Ghost say, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, and I heard the Holy Ghost say. Then two weeks later, they're broke, and their ministry fell apart. Well, apparently, it wasn't the Holy Ghost talking, because he's never led me into all failure. He's led me into all truth. And if you're walking in truth, you've almost got to be prosperous, according to God's word. So if you keep hearing words and acting on them and doing them, and you keep failing, it's obvious. Get away from that voice, for God's sakes, because it's not the voice for you. And... You should be growing up enough to hear from him anyway. And if I come along and say something to you, it should be a confirmation. Yes. See? Like this morning, I'm sitting there. I believe I know what I'm going to preach. Not really sure yet. we got people coming in doing all kinds. But when she opened up to my scripture and read it, it was pretty easy to figure out what God wanted to do today. <laughs> the chances of her coming up here with Ezekiel, just a thought. And me over there just about ready to open up to Ezekiel. We'll try that next Sunday. I'll pick out a verse, and one of you come in, and you tell me which one. And I'll give you 20 bucks if you're right. You give me 20 if you're wrong. We can make this good. I include the whole church, man. I can make a lot of money on this stuff. No, you're not going to be able to do it, see? But the Spirit of God knows how to orchestrate stuff, how to do stuff, how to not do stuff. So here it says you're a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. All right, go to my favorite, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. Are you there? I lived here for three years. Oh yeah, if, oh yeah, everybody knows this. You're right. I ran into every Christian is just a new creation full of joy and peace that I run into. I don't know who you run into, but yeah. Yeah. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of now is anger of God? Alcohol of God? drugs of God, then it passed away for God's sakes. And passed away to me means dead. Uncle George passed away. Is he dying? No, he passed away. Are you sure he's not dying? No, he passed away. There's a difference between dying and passing away. The church wants to slowly die. No, pass him away. And use your authority to stand. Verse 18, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world under, the whole world has been reconciled unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors of Christ as God would beseech thee by us. When we pray, be reconciled to God. Can you imagine walking around your workers and say, be reconciled to God. What's the matter with you? Be reconciled to God. Guy goes, uh-uh, behind you say, be reconciled to God. <laughs> I don't know if it'll work or not, but that's what he says we're supposed to do. Verse 21, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. All right, so here it says, notice, whoever is in Christ is, say is. is. Notice, not will be a new creation, not could be a new creation, not going to be a new creation. One, one translation says he's a new species of being that never existed before. One says there is a brand new person inside, a new God life has begun. I love that word, God life. 
What part of you was born again? Spirit. Your spirit, the real you. You were born again spiritually. You were born. He didn't clean you up. He did not remodel you. He did not just forgive the old you. He killed the old you. Ezekiel said he put a new spirit in you. Romans said he circumcised and cut away your old one. Praise God. See, I'm not the person I used to be. I am brand new, completely different. I've started a new life. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All right, notice again verse 17. Therefore, if any man beware, say it again, say it again. Now, what does in Christ mean? It's very simple. At one time, you were living like a person who was in Adam. Why does it tell you you were in Adam at one time? Because, this is going to be so deep, because at one time you were in Adam. You want to write that down? At one time, we were all in Adam. There was only one man, then every person came out of Adam because we were born of Adam we were in Adam and came out of Adam so our lifestyle was an in Adam lifestyle but now it says when you get born again you are now in Christ say Christ why because now we are not born of Adam anymore we are born of God Ooh, geez that felt good I love to be born of God I was born in Adam that didn't work out almost drank myself to death for God's sakes no we're no longer in Adam now we are in Christ so if you're now in Christ if you've come from God and come from Christ you are a new creature and all that old stuff in Adam passed away and that's so now I want to use my authority I want to cast out devils I want to well cast out anger cast out alcohol cast out drugs start there and then start casting out everybody else's devil see then you can make anybody yawn that you want to after that but until then See, you're getting rid of it. You just stop. People told me to count to ten with my anger. One, two, three, four. By the time I got to ten, somebody's going to die. No, it's not that. You don't count to ten. You just say, hey, I'm not an angry man anymore. I don't get angry anymore. I don't, I don't get angry anymore. I don't have to get drunk anymore. I don't drink anymore. I don't worry anymore. I'm, I'm not fearful anymore. Well, be careful. No, I'm, I don't have to be careful because I'm not a fearful man, praise God. Well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I don't care. I don't worry, praise God. Worry's never done anything for me except wear me out, praise God. So I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm not a worried man. I'm not a fearful man. I'm going to go to the mirror in the morning. I'm going to say, praise God. Look at that guy in there. Boy, he he's never worries. He's a good-looking guy in there, too, praise God. Look good in there, praise God. Hey, looking good in there. He's holy. He's righteous. You're a righteous man. Pray God, you're powerful. Did you know you're powerful? Yeah, you're powerful in there. It's better than going to the mirror and going, oh my God, look at that again. <laughs> Jesus, help me. He already helped you. See, it happened by the blood on the cross. It already took place. Praise God. All right, let's go to John chapter 1. Gosh, that clock really went fast this morning. He said it goes faster as you get older. <laughs> I'm not so sure. It does go quick. I thought last year went quick. All right, John's Gospel, Chapter 1. Look at verse 12. But as many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them gave he the power to become a 
son of God, even to them that believe on his name. So when you enter the kingdom of God, when you got born again, here it says you have the ability to walk like and be like a son of God. You already are a son of God on the inside, but how many know there has to be some changes made in the way that you think and in your soul? Look at verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Go back to verse 13, which, talking about us again, were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but you were born of who? Of God. Now notice this. Oh, this is so good. So if I wasn't born by the will of the flesh, if I wasn't born by anything that had to do with natural, then actually I was not born because my parents even wanted a child. Oh, my gosh. I was born because God needed me in the world somehow and used my parents to get me in the world because I was born of the will of God, not of the will of anything. Oh, my gosh. That's it. I'm done praying. That's it. Praise God. Yeah. God looked down there and said, oh, let's see. Oh, we're going to have some problems in 2020. They're preaching a bunch of garbage out there, man. I'm telling you what, a bunch of religion and stuff. We need to get some kingdom out there. So I'll tell you what. Let's see, find somebody getting pregnant. Okay, right there. Let's just stick him right in there and have him come out. Praise God. And he'll get married. And he may run from me from 30 years, but I'll get him. I got that Holy Ghost following him around wherever he goes. He don't know, but he's right there. And he's going to get him sooner or later. And then he got it. And you're here. What for? You're not here to fulfill the purpose of your parents. Well, we could stop there for 25 minutes. Talk about everybody that screwed up trying to please their parents rather than trying to please God. But you weren't born for the parents. You were born for God. You were born of God. Praise God. So today you're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. Sorry, that's the way the Bible reads. You're one or the other. You're either born again or you're not born again. You're either kingdom citizen or you're not kingdom citizen. Now watch. When somebody comes up here and they've never been born again and they come in and we pray for them and they get born again in the kingdom of God, you can't expect them to act like a normal, advanced kingdom citizen right away. There's a parallel between the natural and a parallel between the spirit. Well, I've got two grandkids. Cash is now almost nine years old. I'm not upset. Nine months old. Thank you, honey, for stepping in. I know you're going to say how old Talon is because I'm going to get in trouble there too. So just stick with cash. We'll just stick with cash. But I'm not upset because cash does not mow the yard yet because he's only nine months old. Thank you. Nine months old, yeah. And it's the same way if, if you're a relatively new Christian, you haven't word the kingdom word or heard that stuff anymore. Don't get discouraged with yourself because you're not doing like this one does. It. You don't have to compare. You've got your own race. doesn't matter who's running over here or running over there. You can help them and everything else, but you've got your own race with God. You grow in your pace with God. You do with God. It doesn't matter if somebody runs by you. You should rejoice. We're all on the same team. Yeah. We're all on the same team, praise God. So we should be getting along together and should be doing things that way. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, now I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an example. I always do this, so I'll do it again. Hallelujah. Some people have dogs. I don't have any dogs. I'm not really a dog person. Got enough to do without dogs. So people have dogs, and they get a dog, and they try to train it, and they put this collar around this dog's neck, and basically it runs through the yard, and when it gets to wherever that invisible line is, it gets him, and he stops. And they leave that collar on him, and he runs out the next day, and he gets that, and, goes, and it stops. And the next day he runs out, and, goes, and it stops. And after a couple of weeks, he goes out, and he doesn't even run there because he knows what's going to happen. He's going to get, 
Now you can take his collar off then and he still won't run because you've trained him. See, the devil, while we were losers, put collars on us. See, there's only so far I can go because I have this collar on me, and I've tried it a couple times, and it didn't, didn't work. Well, you weren't born again and weren't in the knowledge of God at that time. So there's a spiritual collar on each other that's got to be taken off. You'll only go so far and far as loving others. Do you love others? Yes, those who love me, I love very much. How many know that's a collar? Collar's got to come off. We've got to love everybody, don't we? Maybe half off at first and just take the rest of it off later on. Yeah, it's just slowly do it. But we can do that by habits in ourselves. I'm not an angry man. Every time it started to rise up in me, I don't get angry anymore. I don't get upset. I definitely don't react to every situation because if I react and I'm real quick, I always make the wrong decision, it seems like 90% of the time. So I'm just going to relax and wait. And everybody, what's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? Take a chill pill. Just relax. It'll come to you. You'll make the right decision. It doesn't have to be made right now. Praise God. There's another example that, that I heard a preacher do where there's this little baby elephant, and he was in the circus, and they drove a stake in the ground so he wouldn't run away, and he walked around that little stake, and he couldn't get away, and he walked around the stake, and he couldn't get away, and he walked around that stake, and he couldn't get away, and the guy went back to the circus 20 years later, and it was the same elephant, only he was great big. But he was standing there, and he had this little stake in the ground. And that guy said, man, did you train that elephant good? That He don't even run away as big as he is? They said, oh, he can run away. He said, we did that when he was a little baby, and he couldn't pull that stake out. Now he's big enough to pull it out and run away the next day, but he still thinks he's bound by the stake. Yeah, he could pull it out anytime he wanted to, but he won't pull it out because he still thinks he's bound, so he doesn't even try. He tried for years when he was a young one. So see, there's got to be a reprogramming on us. There's got to be a rechanging on us, and you're only going to do it if you know that that old person is dead, that you're not fighting that old person, that you're not coming against that old person. You've got to see him as dead and use your authority to keep him dead and in the ground once and for all. You know, part of, part of it you can do, you know, baptism, you can explain a lot of things about baptism because there's a lot of things to, to explain about it. But one thing you can explain about it is when you get baptized, you're, you're there, you go under the water, you come back up and you leave the old guy yes. in the water. Praise God. That's why it's hard sometimes to do baptism in your own pool because you've got all these old men running around in your pool after that. <laughs> Don't know what to do. So you put a little extra chlorine in and hope that kills every one of them. You never know if they're going to come back up or something, so you've got to be careful with that. But... Yeah, that's part of baptism. There's all different parts of baptism, but that's one. And that's, that's probably the first thing I ever learned in my life, that I had been changed. There had been a change that took place, and it wasn't by me, but it was by God himself who wanted me free and delivered. So I just read the Bible, and every place I ran into something that did not agree with the way I was acting. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. See? Love your enemies. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't do that, do we? Pray for them that persecute you. You better learn that one if you're going to minister. <laughs> See, everybody thinks you get ministry. Everybody's going to love you. You need delivered now. Because it don't work that way. There's a lot of different people out there. And I'm not even talking about people in the world. I'm talking about kingdom citizens who don't, just don't know anything and don't want anything. They, they want God to be responsible for everything. If he wants me holy, then he's just going to have to make me holy. If he wants me rich, he's going to have to make me rich and righteous. That's the way it is. No, it ain't. Praise God. You've got a responsibility now. He's given you everything you need on the inside, given you all the power, all the might, all the peace, all the joy. It's all on the inside of you. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord when you feel good. No, rejoice in the world always. And then he said again. What do you think he said again? Apparently they didn't hear him the first time, did they? 
Yeah, the Bible does things for reasons, praise God. So praise God, you're sitting here today, you're fighting with old man things. Dump them things. They don't belong to you anymore. Talk yourself out of them. Even like, you know, Tasha was talking earlier, those people weren't even Christians, and they were so free in themselves from being angry. Why? Because they're men and they got authority here in the earth, basically, over that kind of stuff. Now, if you're born again with the Spirit of God in you, I'll tell you, anger ain't going to hang around very long. All these, all these things that we acquire ain't going to hang around. Depression ain't going to hang around. You get that thing off of you, praise God. Hallelujah. If a mosquito's chasing you, you just ain't going to say, oh, I just got mosquito problems. Ouch, ouch, ouch. No, you swat that thing. You get, it out. You get the fly swatter. You get a book. You get a gun. Whatever it takes. <laughs> To get rid of that thing. Well, it's the same way. You've got to look at those things as enemies of you. You've got to look at those things that don't belong to you. You've got to look at those things that aren't part of you. They're part of the old man, and the old man has died thanks to the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you first. Can I do that? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you say that we are, each and every person in here who is born again and a kingdom citizen, a new creation in Christ Jesus, I thank you right now by your spirit and by your word that you reveal to us places in our lives where we still think we are that old man. Father, I thank you that when we look in the mirror and we see it, we take time to meditate on it, we tell ourselves who we really are and who our identity is. Father, we, will, we don't want the identity of a, a singer. We don't want the identity of a golfer. We don't want identity of any person out there. We want our own identity to be who you made us to be with our personality and with the gifts that you gave us. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing the work starting today, this week, each and every day in our lives, changing us every single day, keeping us in revival. And we thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, 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 Amen. amen.